keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Rose. Dan St. Germain here. I'm here with Robert Carpolis, Mike Lawrence, Zachary Million, Scott Chaplin will be joining us soon. But joining us today, he is the curator and poster of my favorite wrestling Instagram page on the internet, WrestleBotch. He's hilarious. Ryan O'Connor. Ryan, thank you for coming on. Wow, thank you for that introduction and thank you for having me. Pleasure. Good to see you, man. I like the ink too. What what type of tattoos are those? I uh, mostly just like some traditional style tattoos, most of which I did when I was 18 or 19. It was just like, oh, that looks cool. Let's cover, let's cover my fucking body. <laughs> let's get it. Man, it is, it is it is appropriate that we're roasting the hardies today if we're talking about someone's regrettable tattoos at 19. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regret most of mine, but it's like, you know. At 36, would I put a skateboard with bat wings on my body? Probably not. <laughs> you know there's one on hard, on Jeff Dick. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the 10 count, folks. We got a packed week. This is, a, this is an exciting week for wrestling. Number one, red and yellow book. Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil are hosting wrestlemania who's being punished is this the most awkward hosting duo in wrestling history and entertainment history is this worse than the year Anne hathaway and james franco's hosted the oscars did they do this just for our podcast and the roast of hulk hogan coming up in two weeks and most importantly they're not going to let hogan say snickers right because uh, that is a <laughs> recipe for disaster and, and and does hogan wish this segment was called pile driving miss daisy <laughs> <laughs> oh man starting out hot what's uh what's stick on you mike uh what what did you think when you heard this um I, haven't they ribbed titus enough because like, <laughs> i'm pretty sure he has openly said that he wasn't happy with hogan's apology for everything where he was like you know when you apologize you're not supposed to blame Bubba the love sponge for filming you <laughs> you're supposed to you know take accountability and all that uh yeah this is weird I I mean because Titus is one of the best media guys that they've ever had like an amazing backstory he's awesome on camera but you know they won't stop showing that botch of him can I interrupt you for a second though yeah. like being a great media personality for WWE is just such a low bar like what you're saying is he wasn't found in a motel with coke you mean wasn't found dan that's mean, a pretty high bar for the roster though yeah. like you got to go about 20 people deep before you have someone that doesn't have a horrifying skeleton in their closet yeah. that's a high bar which was going to be his retribution name <laughs> scotty scotty just joined us scott you had said to me uh this week that titus was favoriting 
tweets that criticized the hosting, right? The co-hosting. Yeah, he's yeah, I guess he's upset about it. And, you know, Vince can't relate at all. Vince is just Vince is like, if I could forgive Hogan for going to WCW. (laughs) (laughs) Why couldn't you possibly forgive him for saying (laughs) I mean, Vince is probably like like every other match you've had. Just shut the fuck up and do the job. <laughs> Look, Rock- the, highlight of, the highlight of WrestleMania by far is going to be when Hogan comes out and looks at Titus and says, let me tell you something, brother. And then there's the awkward pause where he's like, I don't mean anything offensive by that. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Well, I think they need like a Boys and Girls Club of America moment. Like he needs to call him brother and Titus needs to be like brother. And he goes like brother. And then they <laughs> shake hands. <laughs> well, you know, there's racial equality when the white guy was champion for like years and years, and the black guy's biggest accomplishment was Slater Gator. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, uh, first off, thank you for joining us. And uh, w- what did you think when this was announced? I, I mean, Mike brought up a good point. We all remember that Titus was punished a few years ago for bumping into Vince or, or yeah, like uh- grabbing him like <laughs> or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and he was suspended. He was taken off TV, probably fined a shitload of money. I think I could be wrong, but I think this could be Vince holding like a five-year grudge and trying to stick it to him again. Um, and one other thing about that is there was a tweet from Mick Foley after that incident with Titus happened, you know, where he was suspended for bumping into Vince. And the tweet from Mick Foley says, hang in there, Titus. I feel in my heart that something good will come out of this. So it's just funny to think like <laughs> half a decade later, like the good in this is, you know, first off, we're going to humiliate you by reshowing, you know, that amazing botch from the greatest Royal Rumble 7 million fucking times. Oh, and you know, that wrestler that said the N word a bunch of times, uh, you can co-host mania with him in a few years too. And, that's, and he must've been thinking too, because, you know, um, Foley is one of those guys who came out and was like, Hey, you guys got to tr- check out Drew McIntyre. He's different than where he was uh, when he was first here. And that was one of the people that like got mainstream attention on Drew. So Titus is probably thinking, oh man, if this guy's putting me over, nothing but blue skies ahead. Yeah, exactly. And like, as much as I love that late eighties, you know, golden era of wrestling, like in the late nineties too, but like Hogan's heyday was literally fucking three decades ago. So should he even be there to begin with, let alone like the, like I don't know. Like it, in it terms like, of in terms of mortality and COVID, no, he should not be there. <laughs> I thought you know, be you know like, what Scott's gonna be fucked up is he's already gonna have the vaccine, so he's just gonna carry the disease on the Titus, and Titus is gonna die. <laughs> I thought it would be like putting vanilla ice in an NWA video. Like just <laughs> stop it. Like yeah, this booking it's like the quintessential white guy. I have black friends. Like, from a PR perspective, it seems like that's what they're going for. But, I mean, wrestling fans can see through that shit. It just seems, like, totally disingenuous. Ryan, I I think it's unfair to compare Vanilla Ice to Hogan. Vanilla (laughs) Ice never used the hard R. That's true. That is true. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This this is a rough week for me because – they announced Hogan and Titus hosting WrestleMania and Kali going into the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't even need the fucking account anymore. The WWE is doing their job for me. They also got rid of all the accounts. 
Um, I, I, I think I next a, year, I, I think they should amp it up and next year, just like, just make it crazier every year. Like next year, have like Carol Baskin and the Minneapolis police department, you know, <laughs> <laughs> every year, man, just roll the dice. We'll see how fucked up this can get. Oh my God. And the thing, the thing that we also need to be saying here, and I think Ryan, you alluded to a little bit is that Hogan is terrible on the mic. So it's not even like he's a good host. He got the name of the arena wrong in New Orleans and looked way out of league with The the Rock in Austin, not just as a talker, but even as a star, because it is just an entirely different era. And you look at like that, that promo he cut about Andre recently, he doesn't talk like a human being anymore. And so you have Titus, who's this really likable genuine guy and he's got to carry things with brother 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 you know it's like yeah no that's a good point that like his racism will be far less annoying than just (laughs) him forgetting lines and cues and having to deal with that during a fucking dress rehearsal he's he's gonna have to deal with the old guy at a dress rehearsal that's he's there for the pop he's the first one that's gonna come out in front of a live crowd in over a year and they wanted to give that moment to hulk hogan but they realized they couldn't just give it to Hogan's. So they needed to put Titus there to kind of balance it out a little bit. But they're scared. There's no there's no Cena. There's no Taker. There's no Batista. There's no big name guys that they could have put out there to do the whole. We're so happy to have you back. We're in front of a live crowd. You know, Hulk Hogan beat COVID. So that's why they're going to put him out there for that moment. Yeah, they don't even have Big Show and Christian. <laughs> did they uh hey did they did they uh did they did hogan get COVID? i forget or no Herpes. yeah he yeah but Herpes. he didn't sell he didn't sell for it <laughs> he didn't sell for it he hulked up well also uh, mike and robert hogan is is like the springsteen of florida right <laughs> <laughs> this is huge <laughs> yeah, except except the sex tape is the our, our favorite album. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, I know somebody I know is uh, secretly attracted to Hulk Hogan. I'll, ne- I'll never I'll never spoil their anonymity. I told but, you uh, that things- in confidence, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we had I don't um, I think Scott I should molested by as- a rodeo clown. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Scott, Scott, I, I just wanted have- to say about Florida is that us Floridians we were upset about the Hogan sex tape. But knowing that he wanted to fuck his daughter makes him cool with us again. Bro. Yeah. You guys, when I heard it was the government that recorded that video. Dude, how great would it be if they started fucking singing like the Gail Godot Imagine together? You know? <laughs> Just have them all in different squares. Uh, Ryan, I love that office. It's a very professional office, by the way. Oh, thank you. Look at Dan keeps commenting on visual stuff on an audio podcast. I know. (laughs) Your tattoos in your office. Yeah, I wonder why we're not higher in the rankings. Uh, (laughs) But by the way, uh, our Goldberg episode, the Roast of Goldberg was the highest episode we've had yet. So thank you guys who are are listening and leaving the reviews. We really appreciate it. Um, Number two, show in hell. First off, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it was, uh, for show and hell this week, uh, we watched the shoot video. It's about 16, 17 minutes where new Jack, the iron Sheik, and the hockey talk man commented on the Chris Benoit murders. I'm just going to let the first person speak. I have a lot to say about this. One. <laughs> okay. Yes, please. Okay. Please. So 
as soon as you sent this to me and I knew that we were covering this first off, like I knew that I had found my people with you guys. <laughs> the shoot interviews are so fucking ridiculous, but so entertaining Like you can believe like what 10 or 20% of what they're saying at best, yeah, uh, at best, such a, such a wild business. Um, I thought like, maybe this is a hot take, but I thought new Jack came off the best in that. Ab- absolutely. Again, yes. yeah, new Jack had the best take. Um, Honestly, I think he cuts an incredible promo. I know he's like way too much of a wild card, but I think he should be giving promo lessons in WWE or AEW. Um, the, the, there's one quote from New Jack during that uh, where he said, I hope your kid is born retarded. I uh, just wanted to throw, throw that one into the mix, by the way. Uh, yeah, he did say that. Anyone other than New Jack said that, like you'd be canceled immediately. I mean, um, New Jack, how can you cancel New Jack? How do, that's yeah. not possible. That's exactly. Impossible. And I think like Sheik, uh, she, in, you know, this is a kayfabe, like Sheik's daughter was murdered. So he gets a pass. Um, that still does not explain why his pants are pulled down throughout the interview. I had a lot of questions <laughs> well, about I, that. I, I, also oh, didn't hey, send you, I also didn't send you the part where you just called Paul Heyman out for being a Jew for like. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> dude, minutes. what a fucking nut. Um, Ryan, so, Ryan, I'll, his pants are pulled down because we all grieve differently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll give Sheik a pass. Honky Tonk Man, I, I mean, no disrespect because, you know, who the fuck am I? You know, 135 pound dude, like all these guys would fucking kill me in real life. But um, so I'm not trying to judge anyone, but Honky has to be the most carny wrestler that has ever fucking been. Like, <laughs> I'm talking like Virgil level, probably no shows appearances, like definitely owes a lot of child support. Oh, yeah. Uh, tells anyone who will listen at a local bar about like his extraordinary career, like uncle Rico and Napoleon dynamite, you know, like, Oh, I had it all type thing. Um, <laughs> and one quote from honky tonk man, before I finish here, um, during that segment, he said, I know I've wanted to kill a few bitches, but you don't go kill a kid. The kid <laughs> is off limits. <laughs> what a fucking carny. I, I love it. I, goes, I love everything about that. All right, Scott. Yeah, Scott. The, what the honky talk man was like, it, it made me real happy because he, he really felt good about himself because he knew he was right. Like he knew by saying Chris Benoit was wrong for what he did, he was correct for once in his life. And so he's sitting there and then he goes, he goes, why don't you just take the kid to the grandparents? And then with Nancy, you know, you don't tie her up, give her a fair fight. (laughs) Recommendation is get the kid out of the house and fist fight your wife to the death. And you did not sin. I think I think it has to be said that New Jack, uh, former bounty hunter and actual murderer of human beings, is the voice of reason. Who's like, if you're mad, just leave. He's like, he's he's the one who has to interject and be like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't kill the woman either. Well, he definitely does say, "I'll slap a bitch upside the head." Uh, he says something like that, like, oh, once. I, oh, I have the quote, Dan. Don't Thank worry, you, Robert, because you, because. <laughs> I promised you guys I was going to wait to watch this today, so it okay. would be fresh in my mind. All right, um, yeah, let's hear. Let's hear. I, this is why I'm so distorted out of this. What the <laughs> fuck did I watch for like 12, 13 minutes? Where it was like honky tonk. This is the darker side of the ring. There's like a dark side of the ring, and then this is like 
the dark corner black hole area this that was Stephen Hawking random talks about. collection of three people together too. Like I don't know yeah. who thought you know who we need to get together in a room as an Algonquin round table of pro wrestling is the honky tonk <laughs> man Sheik and New Jack. And then Honky on top of his whole you want to kill your wife? Fine, kill your wife. He starts playing like detective where he's like, maybe he told maybe, you know, they do that be at that BDSM shit. A cops haven't thought about this. Maybe he tricked Nancy into putting handcuffs on herself. And then he yeah. just was like, fuck it. Um, yeah. No, his maybe days was fucking defense is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I also love that New Jack was I aming the entire time. You kept hearing the dings. There was this little bit of like nostalgia. Like I watched the last blockbuster documentary this week. Nostalgia is big with me. New Jack using AOL Instant Messenger. His quote was, if a smack don't do it, walk. And, you know, that's, those are words <laughs> to live by kids. That, right? if, if, you, if, you, if you're going to hit your wife and she's not going to listen, then you, then they, you need to be the bigger man and leave. They, um, they, need, they need to have white supremacists watch this so they can realize that no race is supreme. You know what I mean? Like every like humanity is fucked no matter because you have like a Middle Eastern guy, a black guy, a white honky country guy. And they're all just saying vile shit one after another. It's like the of people who should have been aborted. What's interesting, too, is that the most relatable that New Jack and Honky Tonk Man have ever been in their lives is rolling their eyes as the Sheik is raving and just waiting for him to finish. Because <laughs> we all are, you know. Well, Sheik is also just shouting like yeah. Daniel. Sheik, it's like Sheik. It makes sense if if you pretend virtual reality goggles are on his head and he's in the room. When it's <laughs> he's just sitting there like Daniel, <laughs> get the goggles off. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Uh, I guess this is as good a time as any to tell you guys we're going to be roasting New Jack the week that we are roasting Hulk Hogan, but it will only be on the Patreon. So if not, you're not a Patreon and you haven't checked the Teddy Hart roast out on Patreon, ch- check it out now. It's $5. It's the best best deal in town, baby. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be reviewing SmackDown uh, just in anticipation of the New Jack roast coming up. Um, so that Dan can start changing his address. exactly Uh, to to your point there uh this was like six months ago i tweeted something with uh new jack like a clip with new jack in it and it wasn't like a botch or at least it wasn't his botch but new jack was in the clip so i tagged him because you know trying to be he's going to get some attention from this whatever Uh, i accidentally tagged the wrong new jack account you know because i botched my own posts all the time and so jokingly i said something like Sorry, like meant to tag New Jack with, you know, the correct tag. You can't edit your tweet. Please don't murder me. Joking. Uh, He tweets back with a knife to his throat as in like, you know, I'm going to fucking kill you. So good luck with that roast of New Jack, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been we've been having some conversations outside the podcast. Well, well, Dan, Dan was like, I don't I don't know if we should do it. And I was like. Well, I think he lives on the East Coast and I'm in L.A., so you guys, yeah. uh, I think, let's do it. It, it, may, it may turn into an ECW roast. Uh, well, let me know what you guys no, think. Well, guys- well, look, no one send New Jack a cassette recording of our <laughs> roast and we should be fine. Here's, here's a preview of the roast. What can I say about New Jack? He's a good person. All right, Scott, it's your turn. <laughs> Underrated Dan wants to worker. roast ECW like, 
Oh, then New Jack and the ghost of Balls Mahoney will be after us. <laughs> but I don't even know. All right, well, Ruth McCauley has been summoned. Well, we're about to roast the Hardys here in a minute, the Hardy boys. But Ryan, uh, uh, let us uh, let us know what, what what we can plug for you. You can follow WrestleBotch on Instagram and Facebook at WrestleBotch, one word. I'm uh, suspended from Twitter uh, for copyright issues. I don't know if that will ever be reinstated. It's been that way for uh, probably like five or six months now. So yeah, you can follow the page on Instagram and Facebook. I try and post uh, you know bad wrestling at least five to six days a week. Um, we use some hashtags to categorize some of the clips. So for example, a Monday, it would be Mike Slip Monday, where we'll highlight like a really bad promo. Um, you know, Table Fail Tuesday is pretty self-explanatory. On Wednesdays, we'll do Wasted Fan Wednesday, which usually involves someone jumping the barricade and getting their fucking ass kicked by a wrestler. So it's that, you know, those kind of uh, bad awesome. wrestling moments that I highlight. But it's been a pleasure, guys. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, for dude, me. thank you. You were great. I really appreciate it. And it, you really got to check the account out. It's awesome. You guys yeah, really Ryan, got to check out his Ryan office. Is... His office looks amazing, guys. Uh... <laughs> beautiful 600 square feet, you know, L.A. apartment that I did yeah. much money. R- for. Ryan, one last question. Is sure. Mike Slip Monday just you live streaming raw? <laughs> and that's why you got your account taken down? Yeah. <laughs> it, it might as well be at this point. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Have a good one, man. Great to All see right, you. Thanks for guys. coming Thanks on for the show. Me. Ryan O'Connor from WrestleBotch. Hey, are you guys ready to roast Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, the Hardy brothers? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it was a little weird how I said that. I, I want to say before we before we start roast these guys, uh, Jeff Hardy's a lot of fun, man. And uh, I watched a lot of these videos the past. I watched a lot of shoot interviews. I listened to a lot of shoot interviews. Uh, shout out to Cole Cabana's podcast. But Jeff Hardy is definitely a guy I used to do drugs with in college. He is. Uh, Which is Dan a- looking in a mirror in college. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy is basically how Dan sees himself. <laughs> also, what college did you go to that Jeff Hardy could have gotten into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even community colleges ask for money. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, that's the last nice thing we're going to say about it, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, I've, I've written roast jokes for dozens of hundreds of people at this point. I don't think there's anyone I've hated as much as Matt Hardy. What? Shit, dude. Really? Impossible to write for him, too, because it's just like, it sucks. You just go, I'm not looking into this. Yeah. <laughs> and listening to that and watching this. Oh, he's I like the big money Mac. He was maddening. Oh. Jeff's a cool dude, you know? Yeah. I like Matt. Robert. You know, he's like smart and yes, dumb. No, having having worked with Matt Hardy, I can confirm Jeff Hardy's a good guy. <laughs> uh all right, Zach. You want to pick the order this week? Like you do every week. Let's go with Dan to start this time. All right, here we go. The uh the roast. Of the Hardy Bros. Let me just pull up my jokes, folks. Okay, the roast of Jeff Hardy and broken Jeff Grimes. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if you guys knew this, but originally "Whisper in the Wind" was how Jeff used to communicate with Matt when they were stealing Jenkos from Target. <laughs> Matt Hardy was in wrestling's most famous love triangle opposed. 
to wrestling's most famous love hexagon. That's when the blue world order ran a train on Missy Hyatt. <laughs> Matt's kids are Wolfgang, Bartholomew, and Maxwell, which sound like the names Cody makes Brandy call him during sex. <laughs> Matt Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy won best gimmick from the Wrestling Observer as first guy to make Dave look normal. <laughs> Jeff was arrested for public intoxication before his DWI. How do you know I'm intoxicated? It's 11 a.m. and you're dancing at a Chili's. But I love, the, <laughs> but I love the music. That's the sound of the fajitas. Quit drawing leopard spots on me. Uh, a lot of people think Matt should retire. I mean, imagine fucking up so bad that you can cuss a guy who already regularly listens to Fozzie. Also, that gear, Jesus, I, it worked when you were 20, but now you just look like Thomas Middleditch picking out his fuck gear at Hot Topic. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Hardy didn't uh, take a booking for a year so he could focus on his motocross track. That's why he's so much cooler than CM Punk. Punk's like, I'm going to leave wrestling for UFC. Hardy's like, I'm going to leave wrestling for the thing I was doing before wrestling. <laughs> Jeff now mostly spends his free time with his daughter. It's weird when a wife walks in, sees that the glue is missing, and prays that her daughter ate it. He also gets to focus <laughs> on his music. I listen to two of Jeff's songs. They're not bad. It's like spoken word for people that know three words. It's perfect to play for when you're robbing a Wawa or fingering a girl at the X Games. <laughs> and finally, I always hate the name Team Extreme. Team Extreme sounds like something Tommy Dreamer says in the mirror so he doesn't kill himself. <laughs> I'm not a nobody. I'm Team Extreme. All right. Thank you, guys. That was fun. Scott. Oh, fuck. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> when hippies fuck hillbillies, you get the hardies. <laughs> <laughs> they first became stars after their famous TLC matches. And I don't know if you know this, but the TLC match was invented by Jeff Hardy in 2000 when he couldn't pay his dealer behind a Home Depot. <laughs> If you're like Chris Angel, but you've never learned a magic trick, you might be a hardy. <laughs> if you love outer space, but you're too dumb to learn about outer space, <laughs> you might be a hardy. <laughs> Jeff paints his face and skin so his body can retain alcohol. <laughs> hey, Jeff, walking to the beat of your own drum isn't a defense for not being able to walk a straight line. <laughs> He's passed out without being in a submission. Took the took the twelve steps, then Swanton bombed off of them. <laughs> the difference between Jeff Hardy and Dan Saint Germain is Dan can't climb a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy appears when you make a wish while rubbing an aerosol can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, Agent Christian totally reeked of awesomeness, so no one could tell you totally reeked of alcohol. <laughs> Jeff thought he'd pass Vince's wellness test by memorizing the alphabet backwards. <laughs> twist of fate. Yeah, twist of fate. That's a cocktail where you mix any alcoholic beverage with driving. <laughs> <laughs> when the cops ask Jeff Hardy to put his hands up, he goes, ah! 
<laughs> oh man, for the act out, that was not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> You're doing a visual joke. Uh, it's called the Hardy Compound, but we know it'll end up Willow's Waco. <laughs> Uh, Willow is a movie played by a man who's <laughs> well, yeah, well, fuck that joke anyway. Okay, Jeff is somehow the least athletic high flyer while also being the highest high flyer. Have you guys ever noticed ever since we installed Matt Hardy version 1.0, it's been running slow as shit? <laughs> Jeff Hardy is extreme for his stunts, and Matt Hardy is extreme for preferring cool ranch doritos i don't know you know drink soda while eating pop rocks matt hardy thinks he invented the cinematic match oh did you or did cinema you fucking doofus <laughs> if jeff hardy is a soaring bird matt hardy is a penguin jeff hardy is is an avant-garde artist avant-garde is how concussion matt thinks you spell andre the giant <laughs> 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 all right robert all right uh, the hardy boys are what you get when a pregnant woman drinks the inside of a lava lamp <laughs> <laughs> matt and jeff look like they attended wrestling school in a meth lab they started filming backyard wrestling matches for a company they created called trampoline wrestling federation those videos of a shirtless 16 year old jeff were all pat patterson needed to want to sign them <laughs> Matt Hardy dated Lita, Ashley Massaro, and Rebby Sky. He was never a main eventer, but his dick certainly was. <laughs> Broken Matt Hardy was called the best part of Impact Wrestling, which is like being diagnosed with the best terminal illness. <laughs> Matt Hardy will not die. It sounds less like a t-shirt slogan and more like a regret. <laughs> Whenever they get to an arena, Jeff Hardy would look for the tallest point to jump off of. The creative team would do the same thing, but for different reasons. The Hardy Boys went from the innovators of the TLC match to being the saddest reality show on TLC. Jeff Hardy competed impaired in a TNA pay-per-view main event. They knew he was fucked up when he kept saying he was excited to perform in front of a sold-out crowd. <laughs> People call Matt Hardy the Marty Jannetty of the team, which isn't fair because only Jeff could do that many drugs. <laughs> Jeff Hardy always sounded like Neo from The Matrix, which coincidentally was his favorite documentary. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is an accomplished painter, while Matt Hardy couldn't draw a dime. The Hardy boys are the most hated team because they inspired the Young Bucks. Oh, sorry, that was just an email from Jim Cornette. <laughs> At the end of the day, they worked as a team. Jeff Hardy had the charisma, the talent, the looks, and the skill, while Matt Hardy had a valid driver's license. <laughs> All right, that's it. Oh, that was great. All right. Um, the Hardys. The Z is as unnecessary as the last five years of their careers. Uh, <laughs> these guys have overachieved. They've become 20-plus-year wrestling champions despite looking like the two guys most likely to impregnate and then ghost you at a warp tour. Uh, <laughs> girls love them, and they're still considered two of the most attractive guys in wrestling, which just shows you how ugly everyone else is. Uh, <laughs> with their see-through shirts and skinny black jeans, they are the gayest-looking guys that definitely use homophobic slurs. <laughs> the Hardys started wrestling on trampolines as kids and would then start what they called the Trampoline Wrestling Federation. And really, that name was the peak of their creativity. 
<laughs> the Hardys are what you get when you raise two kids in a podunk town that doesn't have any money for the arts. I was going to learn Shakespeare, but fuck it. I'll just jump off some ladders. <laughs> <laughs> they were managed by Michael Hayes, who was at first apprehensive and said, I ain't working with no brothers. But then he was okay when he found out they were more white trash than he is. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you know, let's start with Jeff Hardy, who is somehow both the Michaels and the Janetti of the team. Uh, he is the favorite wrestler of every 300 pound girl with a Jack Skellington tattoo. <laughs> Lots of brilliant artists have dr drug problems. So does Jeff Hardy. <laughs> he answers the question what if the guitarist from Lip Biscuit made even worse music? <laughs> Jeff Hardy has dabbled in music. He has a song called Every Other Day, which must be about when he relapses. <laughs> oh, Jeff Hardy joined the stable immortal and honestly he must be because he should be dead <laughs> he had a disastrous one minute match with Sting that pissed Sting off after that moment Sting vowed that if another one of his matches ended early it would be due to a hilarious back injury <laughs> Jeff Hardy looks like he chews tobacco laced with peyote he actually doesn't paint his face he just rubs it into cocaine that's been mixed with food coloring is it right that they keep going back to angles about addiction for Jeff? No, but it's either that or listen to his ideas. Okay, so like, so like, what if I reveal that I've really been a cosmic fairy angel king? Oh, you're not a fan of that? Okay, I'll just do another five minute match with Cesaro. <laughs> uh, I don't have as much for Matt because, as the WWE creative team has always proved, Jeff's a lot easier and more fun to write for. <laughs> When the Hardys broke up in 2002, people thought Matt would get eclipsed by his brother's shadow, but luckily he was able to get too fat for that. He's a smart guy, always able to reinvent himself into a new type of lower mid-carder. His most memorable tag team was with Edge, even though he was asleep in the other room and never got tagged in. Uh, he's really talented. You know how hard it is to get cheated on and look like the asshole? <laughs> I'm not saying he sucks, but it's not a good sign when you have to tell someone, you got to watch his TNA work. That's where his genius really shines. <laughs> you know, they say a broken clock is right once a day, and a broken Matt Hardy had one good match seven years ago. <laughs> his catchphrase is delete, delete, which is something Jerry Lawler has to yell out every time he goes online. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his brother did a final deletion match, which attracted a lot of attention because we all thought they'd finally kill themselves. <laughs> He's an odd guy. He's like a redneck hippie. Like, he'll tell you we're all part of the same universe as he's calling ICE to come get Senor Benjamin. <laughs> Senor Benjamin thought it was funny the first few days Vanguard 1 followed him around the compound, but it definitely isn't funny anymore. <laughs> His <laughs> wife, Rebi, is great. She says the secret to a, a wonderful marriage is, I raise our kids while he plays with drones and pretends to fight. <laughs> Matt left WWE for AEW, the perfect place for a lesser WWE tag guy that needed TLC matches to get over. Honestly, when the fuck is Devon coming? <laughs> I'm sure he's glad he's in AEW. Sure. Oh, I fucked this one. Oh, sure. His brother's hanging out backstage with Bad Bunny while he has to put over a bunny that's bad in the ring. 
Matt suffered a concussion in his match with Sammy Guevara, but to the doctor's credit, how would you be able to tell if he wasn't concussed? You know, and to, finally, to his credit, he always keeps coming back, and I wish he wouldn't. Every time Matt Hardy jumps into the lake of reincarnation, I wish someone would throw him into the river of, no, that's a terrible idea. Go home to your family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rest of the Hardys, they're like the Von Erics if it was completely their fault. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was a blast. This was a, this was a fun one. We got to, yeah. we got to. Uh, we're doing next week. We're doing way more of a stable person. We're going to do Ronda Rousey. We're doing our our first uh, lady, and Maddie Smith is going to be joining us. Who's hilarious? She's been on Wild and Out. She's uh, done some comedy with me on the road. Very, very, very funny. Um, so was it? I'm sorry, Mike. Mike, what were you saying? I was going to say I, I like that you're afraid of New Jack, but not Travis Brown. <laughs> he's more likely to kill us <laughs> i actually like how we balance out the roast when, when we roast a black guy we had a black comedian we roast a jewish guy we had a jewish comedian roasting a woman or bringing in a woman it's a very safe play i admire it <laughs> hey man you're the lawyer you know you should appreciate this right the problem this week is we couldn't find a method addicted hippie to join so uh i host the podcast Robert. exactly uh, we're already covered i am i it, uh, jeff hardy is my n-word uh, <laughs> you know, like I'm allowed to say it. Um, no, but it was it was a blast roasting that, those guys. Those, they're a lot of fun. And I do I really do like Jeff and Matt. I think they're they're a lot of fun. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, it was basically like, okay, how do I write for less likable Teddy Hart? <laughs> <laughs> less like, come on. <laughs> All right, let's get to number four. Let's get to the meat of this podcast, which is reviewing wrestling and being snarky about it. You guys want to start out with uh, Dynamite or NXT this week? Yeah, let's, let's let's get to the meat of the Russell Roast podcast, which wasn't the roast we just did. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, AEW versus NXT versus Lethal Weapon Two. Lethal Weapon Two, not Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon Two. Uh, you guys want to start out by going through Dynamite? Yeah. Or, All right, great. Then we usually peter out by the end and just phone in NXT, just, just <laughs> well, like that, anyone who watches both of the shows. Spoiler alert: NXT is was fantastic. I thought really good this week. Yeah, NXT uh, ruled uh, top to bottom. And, 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 and spoiler alert: petering out by the end is my roast strategy. <laughs> <laughs> he had a couple hits at the end, you know. Yeah, uh, that's you know that's the show, you know. All right, let's open with the AEW World Title Eliminator match. Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel. I really enjoyed this match. I was totally fine with Matt Seidel getting offense. They haven't, like, painted him as a buffoon, but I will give the floor to Mr. Lawrence and Mr. Karpolis, and then Scott can give his opinion because I feel like we're going to be all over the map on this one. Yeah, I didn't think this should have happened. I think this should have been a squash. I think that... Seidel has not been presented uh, well enough to kick out of a V trigger. I think that, you know, I get that Kenny's a heel, but he is a dominant heel. He is your wrestling champ. And I don't think it does him any good to be uh, this in peril from a guy that's basically been presented as a jabroni. Robert, are you on board with this, or did you enjoy the match? So I'm, I'm, and both. I think I love the fact that this came from the Tony Khan promo, which is still one of the best things of 2021, <laughs> and will be my favorite oh my God, thing of 2021. Dude, he uh, should manage QT Marshall. 
Like, no, no, no. We have them together. We put a pin in QT. We will save that for later. (laughs) Um, The thing is, Matt Seidel was such a great wrestler and was one of those guys that when he was Evan Bourne, the WWE missed the boat on. So Kenny Omega is like, I'm going to give him the rub, which is the same thing Cody always tries to do with the fact that you, you know, it's like that Ric Flair thing. You went 30 minutes with the champ. You're over. What was really confusing was nobody talked to the announcers about what the story of this match was. So at one point, Jim Ross is, is yelling at Don Callis about Tony Khan. He's like, you work for him. And Don's like, no, I work for Impact. I don't work here. And it made complete sense. And it made Jim Ross look weird. And then Kenny Omega was screaming at the camera as if he was talking to himself. And they're like, oh, he's going crazy. And they're like, oh, no, no, he's talking to Mike Seidel. Like, there's just no continuity within the story, which your producers, when you sit down and you go over the show, here are the notes you need to hit, which was distracting. The match itself, I thought, was was great. Um, I think, to Mike's point, what struck me was Kenny Omega is the kind of egomaniac where, as a character, it should be he insists that he's only in the main event. It doesn't matter who he's facing or what he's doing. He is the last thing on the show, because if you are a pure pro wrestler and you are the champion, you are the main event, no matter who you're facing or what you're doing. And that that perpetuates his ego as opposed to opening the show. That's what he said when he when he was walking out, like part of the shit talking was this is the opening match. This is ridiculous. I'm the main event. I'm the heavyweight, you know. I was watching the choreographed dancing. I didn't notice that. It was <laughs> Matt, seamless. Well, Matt, Matt Seidel weighed it down. Like, so they put it originally at the bottom, at the top of the card as the main event, but then the Seidel name just dragged it. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you do the I mean, math. Look, the, side, the other guy's pretty good too. Scott, what, what did you think of this match? Yes, match was fantastic. I, I mean, thank you. It was awesome. It was very yeah. good. It, it ruled. Matt Seidel's been around a long time. He but not in the company. Great, a great match, you know, on television, and that's that. And that's what you get from AEW. He's All not right. been around in the company that much. He's mostly it's been not on what dark. was cool when, when you know, when you yeah, were but Mike, seven. He has, he has like a twelve. He has twelve wins. Did you not remember those twelve great wins that he had over? Uh... Exactly. Uh, yeah. Here, here's the thing. They're His all name is Cesar Bononi, and you put some respect on it. They're I'm saving always... Cesar for the next match because <laughs> this always... is where we get to sing his praises. <laughs> this is wait, look. I just want to say, like, the debate between Scott and Mike will always be work rate versus promos, and I think they're equally important. What do you guys think? Well, no, but it, I don't think this is the issue in this situation. No, but I'm just There's saying, no promo in like, happening. No, I know, but I'm just saying in like terms of what. You guys like in wrestling? No, I love promos too. I love. Are you, would you say equal, or do you think the promo? Or I, I, I think the yeah, argument, I think I equally like them. Yeah, I yeah. think the I, argument me and Scott have about AEW often is presentation, and yes. I think that you have to be consistent in your presentation. And so I think Scott's more open to just seeing great matches for the sake of great matches. So maybe that's the work rate aspect of it. But my thing is. You tell stories first, and you've done nothing to make this guy look like he should have this match. Dude, yeah, but I, th- I think you're too married to the idea of, I mean, they told a story, and they set up a match, and guys could have a match that lasts long. Like, that that can happen. The without- world champion uh, that's being presented this way should not with the guy at Seidel's level. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think you're confused about levels and what television time means in, in a world of fans are aware of people's you know careers and watch YouTube matches and watch their matches in freaking VFW halls. And, you know, th- right. they but actually Scott, think that, that, that means well-traveled to, and shit. And that, But that goes to, I think, the point that we always kind of bring up is 
AEW tends to coast on people's reputations elsewhere. Yeah, we all know Matt Seidel is Dude, a fantastic. Nobody watches wrestling, and nobody is gonna watch wrestling. It's never happening. The people who watch wrestling are wrestling fans. That's it. It's for fucking losers like us, and so they're appealing <laughs> to losers. Like, what are we talking about? It's not gonna get any. You know, the you know casual fan worse. is a f- is dumber. A yeah. casual fan is dumber than us. But they Scott, go, oh, I'll ch- that's I'll check not necessarily it out. That's demented. Scott, <laughs> if, you, if, if, if you haven't been if this hasn't been burned to your memory by age yeah. seven, why would you just stop and you, casually watch it? There is there's a real specific type of person that's going to emerge in a couple of months. And that's the person that's able to watch a new episode of Raw on Monday an episode of NXT on Tuesday, an episode of Dynamite Wednesday, Impact Thursday, and then SmackDown Friday. There will be people that are only watching wrestling every night of the week. Yeah. And that like, person will then be dead. Well, <laughs> was the shooter a white man, a Muslim? I don't know. But Wednesday was his favorite night of television. <laughs> See, you, you laugh, but I swear every time there's a mass shooting, I go on Twitter and make sure that person doesn't follow me. And that's not even a joke. I'm genuinely concerned one day it's going to be this guy's take on the match really pissed me off. And I waked out of a shopping mall. Like, I'm worried about this. I miss the days when the Iron Sheik was the only Muslim in a shoot video. <laughs> All right, let's keep going, guys. We we got we have so much to get through. Uh, Alex Marvez is with John Silver in the Dark Order. Uh, they do the, you know, something like the trust fall kind of sketch. It was cute. It was the cop and drop thing. That was funny. Yeah, yes. that was fun. Yeah, I thought it was funny. It was fun. And the hangman line is great. Calling back to how, you know, he feels like when he lost the elite kind of ditched him, you know, I feel like at Caesar Bonatti versus hangman page, just because you mentioned hangman page, let's go right into it. I feel like you can kind of pull the trigger on hangman now. Like, I feel like, like him being, TNT champion should be in the next month and not in six months from now. Um, I just, you know, whether or not you take Scorpio to, you know, get the title off Darby. I just, I, I just seen too many. I look, I love watching hangman and I thought this was a perfectly fine match for what it was, but I, I just think you need some, you need some real wins again. What do you guys think? Am I being too harsh here? I think that page looked like much more of a star than Omega did on this night because he had, a quick squash against a credible looking guy. You know, Bononi's a big dude. He fucking beat him in less than three minutes. And that's what Omega should be doing more. Build the company around Adam Page going forward. This guy is, he's got charisma. He's got a star power. I watched a Cesar Bononi match and didn't think about fast forwarding once, except when he did the fake lasso mime thing where he was pretending oh, was, to rope him and follow him. Cesar Bononi is really... one of those guys who's super indie. Like he's very, very green. You can't put him on television. And the fact that Adam Page got a watchable match out of this guy, he's really good. But my concern is like at one point, Bononi did some move where he dropped Page and it did not look like it felt good. You don't want to risk hurting Adam Page with one of these big lunkheads that needs to just be on AEW Dark for three years before would, he can actually work. Would he be in your top five right now, Robert, that are working right now? I mean, it's for AEW, I definitely No, I mean, like across the board, across the board. At least top 10. Mm. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to think there's there's guys that are, are delivering at a higher level. But I think that's just because Page hasn't been given some of those opportunities. I think a part of me, it sounds I'm going to whatever, but I kind of wish he was in WWE because I feel like they would know how to nurture a talent like that a little better than AEW, where it's 
feel, you know, it's like, so your wild oats, like you're a genius kid who needs to be in a rigorous school. And instead you're at like one of these schools where instead of a grade, you get a shape. Like, man, you can't discipline. see it. You can't see it. I really they enjoy are building the company interview. around him. This all ends are. with Hangman being the champion. I know Patience, man. This is going to be the their, biggest star. I'm saying what they're Ooh. doing is is going to be right. They're going to put yeah. the, the right guy in the right position. I just Cesar Bononi, you know, it's great that he beat a big guy, but I'm worried about some of those guys hurting Paige legitimately doing something wrong and then ruining your meal ticket. Okay. Well, we got three segments next in quick succession. Uh, Lance Archer's promo on sting Britt Baker talking with uh, Tony Khan and then Christian backstage being confronted by Frankie Kazarian. Uh, I really love the Thunder Rosa package, but, uh, and, and I love Britt. I think Britt is turning into a Vince heel. It's like a heel you can root for. Um, but uh Man, Christian is kind of doing the gimmick that Edge did that didn't work like a couple weeks ago. He's like, he's trying to do like the cool vet thing backstage and we just saw it not work. Like, why are we trying it again? I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm being a little bit too. But, uh, but Dan, Dan, he's half as talented. He'll be able to pull it off. <laughs> I mean, he's look, he's a talented guy. I think Frankie Kazarian is a guy I really like to watch wrestle. I just don't. I don't think it's not like a, it's not a dream match, you know? I don't know. No. What do you think, Scott? I mean, if you look at it as like a little homage to mm-hmm. TNA, it's cute enough. Uh, yeah. This, the Christian thing, it's, it's, it, it feels very forced in the sense that it's like he outworks everybody and he's going to teach these young guys. And then this week, he's backstage teaching the young guys. It's just all so on the nose. Right. That, uh, you know, you get, you get douche chills. I was a little confused. So, cause Lance Archer's back, you know, sitting in the, the middle of a deserted wasteland in a Zack Snyder movie, holding the he, bat, he was picking up about- Jake. Jake was behind him sleeping. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what's weird is his whole thing was, you know, staying, I, I respect you, but I'm coming after you, which was kind of the same thing. Brian cage just did, which felt a little weird. Uh, the Thunder Rosa promo from last week or, or whenever they taped it was really passionate. It was incredible. It's exactly what you need from her. Britt Baker's command and mastery of a crowd is incredible. The fact that, you know, Adam, like Adam Page should be learning from her or not Adam Page, Adam Cole should be learning from her every night how to cut a proper promo uh, because that was a that was a fucking master class. And then that Christian thing in the back, Frankie Gazarian came off looking like the better star. He seemed more charismatic. He seemed more natural. He did seem really charismatic. Yeah. Because he genuinely felt like this fucker took my spot and I'm going to sweep it out from under him. And Christian looked like a guy who was acting who was way too tan. But that's beside the point. He is very tan. So how does the Archer thing, because you can't have Archer fight Sting, right? So you do Archer versus Cage, like he's a big guy and then finally cage comes to sting's defense as another big man and that makes sense to like, me. what the heck and- no i think archer's gonna come after darby and then sting's gonna step in and and save his little buddy all right next up we have ftr and sean spears versus the varsity blondes and dante martin um this was uh i think you know i, I Man, I think you give Griff Garrison some some steroids. This guy's going to be a big deal because uh, he's like he's growing on me every week. And also, like, I didn't know he was fucking taller than Sean Spears. I had no idea. He gained some weight. 
man, that guy's, uh, you know, Scott actually had a great idea for an angle. What was it, Scott? I don't remember this. I had a great no. idea for an angle. Yeah, it was. Fire, it was. was it fire Sean Spears? <laughs> no, it was like Pillman then turns oh, in on the future. Garris. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah eventually, yeah. whether it's a year from now or two years from now, you know, Griff starts becoming the star of the group intentionally. It's written this way, you know, um, and Pillman can't take it because to him, his father was a star and something about Austin getting ahead of him after they broke as a tag team. He thinks that's what caused his father's destruction and he won't let that happen to him. So he's going to be the star. And then, you know, he shaves Griff's head or something. I like that. Uh, <laughs> and, and Pillman's a, an amazing heel. Uh, we used him as a heel on MLW where he ultimately turned and it was, it was this great, he, he just has this natural hatred thing where you want to see him get his face punched in, but he's incredibly talented in the ring. Um, I think Dante Martin, I, I love top flight. I think they're a fantastic team. The fact that they gave Dante Martin this spotlight was cool. The only, and Sean Spears being out there is we're going to pretend it didn't happen. One thing that they need to work on though, with pinnacle is they laid out, Pillman, they laid out Dante, but Griff Garrison was still walking around in the back. They need to lay out everybody. All three of these guys should have been left lying, broken, destroyed, because that's a better visual than they're cutting a promo and you see that big fucking goof Griff walking around in the background. I don't know where to go. My boys are hurt. <laughs> yeah, but, but see, Robert, you got to leave him strong for Scott's wonderful Stone Cold Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Garrison three sixteen says you could catch me on elevation next week. There's no way he's shaving that hair, so he's not doing the Austin gimmick. And he can't grow a goatee. I mean, my 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 problem with this is a little similar to the Kenny, where it was six minutes, half of it was picture in picture. I feel like your first sight of these guys as a unit should be completely dominant should have barely any offense back and should not be picture in picture. Like you're well, I think already... that was an error. I think they were supposed to, because if you remember once they came back from picture in picture, they went straight to the pin to yeah. the point where it seemed like they were supposed to get the pin and then went to commercial and it was like, Oh fuck, we missed it. Now we have to wait. They probably needed to save the time for something coming up later in the show. That All right. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But I was, I was just quickly going to say that it's like, they had a great last two weeks, and I think that this this was just a step down. That they felt. And I think a little... this week I was cranky. That's what it was because it was awesome. <laughs> it, it was not as good as the last two weeks. They did not look good. like stars. Well, I, I the only thing that I was wondering is if Ward, Wardlow. Like Wardlow stepping in front of him and stopping them all from doing the house show dive. Did that make them look too much like a bitch? Like three versus one. I don't know. It's the boys, Dan. He's yeah, a man. Are, I think they're right. trying to build up that Ward, that Wardlow is scary again, which is good because he they haven't been consistent with him being this monster. Uh, I like that. I like when he stared down Shivani. Like they now I, seem I like just people got are worked. scared of him. Yeah, well, it also, just got worked. And and then and then MJF said he's going to give them presents next week and something about the gold. So he's he's going to give them all like different types of jewelry or something probably right that's weird scott because sean spears has never had any presents oh, in the ring all right next up we have team taz backstage quick vignette there's still dissension in the in the team taz ranks let's 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 skip over this to get to the Real meat and potatoes of, I'm sure, what we're going to be talking about. First off, I want to say I've gotten three people messaging me about 
they can't wait until we talk about this. <laughs> and this is from. And I this totally re- forgot it happened. I didn't know what you were about to bring up, and it oh. just came back oh, to no, me. No, like, I, I feel like chic. And, in the, a and, hotel room. <laughs> and, uh, and this is from Kyle Becker, who's a listener of us. He said, QT in this segment looked like a Boston Terrier about to be euthanized. <laughs> So I want to give Kyle a shout out for that one. <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, Robert, uh, Robert, what did you think of this? Look, I, I, if I could have willed a segment into existence, this would have been <laughs> it. The fact that they gave QT Marshall a live microphone to basically say what we have said on this podcast. Do you weeks. think they listen? Is there any way they listen? <laughs> it was a transcript. It was a verbatim <laughs> transcript of what we said. <laughs> And it made no sense. And then it just kept going and got worse. It was like the longest Saturday Night Live sketch you've ever watched. At first, they cut to his wife. And my, oh. my first thought was, all right, he's got a fairly attractive wife. Yeah, and then no, was, my first thought was like, he's got QT. My wife <laughs> sleeps alone because I'm working 24-7 while Cody's in bed with his wife. And then Cody comes out as the producer, takes his headset off, and then is basically like, I have no interest in anything that's going on here, but I will fight you and I'm going to make you look like a bitch and I'm really not going to try. So tune in next week because I think you're a joke, but I'm the baby face and you're the sinister heel who apparently has never spoken in public before. He's, he said that he won't do his, he won't, he won't give him the crossroads of the figure four, right? I, I, I'm going to put the figure four in, but I'm not going to lay it in. I'm going to hold you for the crossroads, but I'm going to let you go. But I'm the baby face and you're the heel with all the charisma of an insurance salesman. Yeah, and, and and my manager is going to referee it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was, was cu- it was cuck porn. That's what it guys, was. The whole segment guys, was cuck porn. Someone fucks QT. So that's that should have been our breaking news. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Marshall. Oh my god, when they showed her and she just looked like she was going to kill somebody the next time she heard the word wrestling. Like, this is the thing about AEW. I get that everyone wants to bring their families there. Make sure they want to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Check check to see what their plans are. Maybe she wanted to watch something at home. Maybe (laughs) she had a Zoom with her family. You know, I... Real Housewives in New Jersey was last night. Come on, guys. Yeah, she's like Nightmare Family. That's what I married into 15 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) I mean, I I felt so much for her, man. Oh, God. And Cody with the with the arm brace and just just everything about it. And I usually love when people sell, but it's like he can't not just bring attention to himself. And I mean, should we just talk about the reality show now? Should we get that sure, out of the way? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll preface it. Um, they uh, they announced uh, a Cody and Brandy reality show. What's it called again? It's called Roads uh, to the Top or something. Wait, uh, when, when I I must have fast forwarded. You missed this. this? I, oh, I was buddy. I watched it on my DVR today. I was fast forwarding. They they're really doing a reality. They're show. doing like a Miz yeah. and Misses. It was in Deadline yesterday. It's a real. It's a legit new show they're gonna do. Yeah, is QT on the show? Is like the gardener. I, I hope so, man. I but I his wife I, did remind me of the frowning Miz girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> you I, know that there's there's no chance that she hasn't had to call QT Cody in bed. Like at some point, <laughs> you you know that QT is going to be the George Mazandon of this show, and I am fucking here for it. <laughs> 
I mean, the the way that that Cody and Brandy see themselves. Does anybody else see them the way they see? No, because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I would actually want to see a show about Hunter and Steph. That was my first thought where I was like, yeah, that would be kind of an interesting show because it's such a power, you know, they're such freaky, they're such a freaky couple, but this couple, yeah. it's like, what is Yeah, I think nice that's couple. like a 12 part documentary <laughs> that, end, that ends in arrest. Yeah, to, to, Dan, <laughs> to Dan's credit, we've never seen pegging on Bravo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sacrificing children. Yeah, yeah. Dude, in defense of the QT segment, if you are a casual fan, like Robert says, it does look like an actual employee <laughs> was complaining and somehow got a match for next week like that. If that doesn't bring in a fan, it really does look like a guy showed up and asked if he could wrestle. <laughs> and they said, Cody, Tune in next Cody. week and see how that comes out. And Cody was like, this is going to be an exhibition. It's not a real match. I'm like, yeah, QT's in it. We know. <laughs> well, you know, QT's going to go after the arm and piss off Cody. And then Cody's going to have to kill QT, right? That's going to be the whole idea. Uh, I guess yeah. I, I mean, the one thing I wanted to correct QT on is uh, when he said when he said, oh, everybody here just thinks I'm Cody's friend. And I'm like, we don't think you're Cody's friend. We think you're Cody, Dustin and Brandy's friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you do stuff for all of them. Like, no, don't put pigeonhole yourself. You're, Come on. you're the Harvey Wimpleman of the of AEW. <laughs> Yeah, the, the last assistant, not his friend. The last thing I'll <laughs> say about this is that I haven't been a fan of Cody as much in the last year, and I couldn't really put it into words until I realized a year ago he was feuding with MJF, and now he's doing the exact same story with QT Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> and what a fall from grace, man. No, it's, I mean, it is the Zabisco, it's, a, it's different, but it, I think that he thinks that he can make a guy, which I think I he thinks know. we're interested in his, in his life. And he goes, well, QT is a person who's close to me. And so let's watch that unfold. And we the, all go, the, we don't care. We don't care. The problem, all. Dan is it's two Zabiscos and there isn't a Bruno in the feud. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Cody's very good. He's just, I don't think he's where he thinks he is, but I think he's very good. No, no. he's good I, at I, acting out the things that he, he loves about wrestling. Right. Yes. There's something missing in that. When I, you know, you know, it kind of reminds me of how the like I love The Rock, but there's like something that's a little bit too Hollywoody with him and Cody and how they wrestle. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, and one of the things that Cody loves about wrestling is balding guys in their early 30s, which is why he's wrestling QT. <laughs> well, next up, we have the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid versus the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Um, a good match i thought max jackson was really good in this match i love the kenny promo i love the brandon cutler like the way he said brandon cutler with such derision and contempt uh what did you think of this mike can we start calling brandon cutler dnd marshall <laughs> dnd marshall <laughs> qt and dnd marshalls yeah i mean only one person could take the pin in this and it was the person that should have yeah, this was this was fun. I mean, I don't like when like someone like Laredo just comes in and out. Like, because even if you're into them, then they're gone. It's like the Maki Ito, the Kenta thing. If you put someone on your show and then they're just there for a week, it's, it's weird to me. Maybe I'm so trained in the old way of wrestling, but it's like if he's in the company, he's in the company. But if not, I don't know why he's there. Uh, but the match was fine. Uh, what did you think of this, Scott? I mean, obviously, I did like the match. The Laredo kid thing, it's what, Pac is hurt. 
right? Which right. right away you go, damn, man, that guy gets hurt a lot, which is a bummer because I do I do love him. Uh, and it does make sense in the sense that, you know, Brandon Cutler is there because the Bucks don't have anybody else right now. They don't have Omega. They don't have Hangman. Um, and Cody's totally forgotten about them. Um, so it does make sense to have Cutler there. Uh, and it makes sense to have Laredo Kid there because the elite have fought that trio before, you know? Um, but also it's not that important. I liked the segment after the fact, uh, but still Brandon Cutler, you know, there's something about it when you watch it, it just feel, it doesn't feel like a match. It feels like a, like a game at a block party, you know, like when he's tagged in, it's like, Oh, we're playing horseshoes now. Like it becomes a family event and not. Yeah. There's yeah, something disconnecting about his face. And here's the thing. I mean, I guess because the Lucha brothers are brothers, but like, did they split up? Like, wasn't Penta feuding with Cody last week? <laughs> or is yeah, it? I had that. I had that note too. I was confused uh, about that, but the, I don't know. This match it worked for me in a lot of ways. I thought the match itself was at least, if you're going to do something to fill to tell the story, it was fast paced. It was interesting. It wasn't terribly offensive. Pac wasn't in there. Brandon Cutler bothers me because he looks like a regular dude off the street who shouldn't be doing these moves. And to me, it just feels like it exposes the business when this goofy white guy who weighs 130 pounds and is nine feet tall is doing all these crazy flip moves. It's like, oh, anybody can do this. Uh, yeah, the Kenny, it, oh, I was going to say something positive about Kenny Omega. And you cut me off. So <laughs> his post-match promo tied everything together over the last several weeks and it was brilliant fantastic was, promo this is, he's yeah, like, this is why don said what he said i hang out with don you think he's creepy he's got my back you guys don't have my back you pick brandon cutler to be your partner and don't ask me we've gone through this i could have been in wwe i could have been anywhere else i came here to build this company and you guys screwed me over so i'm going to give you one chance to have my back it was awesome it was one of the best Kenny Omega promos I've ever seen. It tied the story together. This was the best of AEW baked into one small segment, and it was fantastic. Yeah, and 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 I remember when when AEW was an idea, and then they revealed it on BTE, and all these things were happening. There was a feeling, and even in that first year of Omega being there, even like right before he started the tag team with Hangman and that started working, there was this feeling of like, oh, this dude doesn't want to be here. This dude would rather be in Japan. It didn't feel like he wanted to be a part of it. So then when you say, hey, I did this for you guys, it makes sense. And it explains why he's going, well, I'm, I'm going to go try to win the Impact title and I'm going to reference New Japan and try to go other places and this and that because I'm not connected to this place if I'm not connected to you guys. These guys are fucking jabronis. It's Brandon Cutler. It, 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 yeah, it, it was awesome. I loved it. it. it oh, also the thumbs the, up after, yeah. after the Lucha Bros kicked him when he gave the <laughs> thumbs up. That was awesome. He was on fire. And, and best and of all, I the think... Bucks didn't say anything. <laughs> and I think that to 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 D and D Marshall's credit, um, trying to get over, uh, is that I think he's more self aware than QT. I think like he's okay with Kenny saying stuff like that, but QT really thinks that the angle with Cody is going to get him over. Well, they gotta get yes. those. Uh, he's got to get those wrestling school admissions going. Um, we got two promos next. Jade Cargill. I thought it was a pretty good promo. I'm really sick of people ending every fucking promo with bitch. Bad Bunny did it on Monday, too. It's yeah. just stop it. Just stop it. Also, uh, how did they just today announce they signed Red Velvet to a contract? 
they just they hate I saw him. that. I saw it's that. It's just weird to think that she was in a high profile match against Shaq and wasn't technically part of the roster. Thunder Rosa isn't under contract. She's still with NWA. She's still with NWA. But she had a main event bloodbath last week. It's it's so weird to me. I, I don't know. Hey, are it. they independent contractors or are they independent contractors? Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with Scott here. I mean, it you know, it is different than WWE, so we're going to see different people in different promotions. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Look, man, it's just the only thing that, like, I, they were, like, too smart for this promo, I thought. Like, it was too smart wrestling fan for me. I just, like, like, hit a nerve. Hope I did. Like, I always hated when Punk used to be, like, pipe bomb and he would like yeah. say he was dropping a pipe bomb yeah oh did i yeah he yeah. Did clown I? shoes yeah, yeah hit clown like, and kingston kind of did that where he's like oh did i hit a nerve and it's like no i mean they've been saying this for weeks you haven't hit a nerve uh, i do love both of the guys and i think they're both great promos but i just didn't think this was too great i i i'm fucking i'll give moxley credit man he he like <sighs> Like, you know, ever since he said he's going to stop doing scripted promos, he does have an amazing ability where he ties in the entire story at the end of his promo. Like, he gives you up to date. He's like, oh, then we're going to be with him and we feel about this. Like, he actually lets the audience know what's happening and kind of like patches up some story holes for them. What did you think of this, Robert? I like it. Um, I, 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 some of it, yes. The, the whole, uh, we made the joke about the bullet club t-shirts in new Japan. It was like, that was a little cringeworthy, but there's a natural charisma to the two of them together that you can't fake. So I think I, I enjoy that part. Also Eddie Kingston quoted David Mamet and I'm a Mamet Mark. So I'm okay with that. Scotty. Uh, yeah, I liked it enough. I think Dan, you're, you're kind of uh, on point with what you said. It, it, it just feels so, it, Look, I don't want scripted, but I don't want unplanned. And and it feels <laughs> yeah. kind of unplanned. I mean, they get to it because they're good, but it always feels like uh, they're trying to figure it out as it's filming, and then they figure it out. It's like figure it out and then hit record. Yeah, he's doing a book report, and he didn't read the book. Yeah, because, I mean, they're good. They're good at talking, and so they're going to pass the test. Exa- yeah, exactly. They're going to pass the fucking report. Absolutely. But just study a little more. I don't know. Next up, we have Ty Conti versus... Nia Rose is really, uh, really nice match. Ty Conti's a star. I think they need a new women's champion. Put it on Brit. Put it on Thunder Rosa. I, I just, you know, she does good. She's just for me. She's just not. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just not as into it. Um, I, I, I kind of want to see somebody else with the title right now. What did you guys think of this match? I thought it was great. I thought, I, I thought it was smart to put Ty over at this moment. Um, and yeah, it's, I think that the division is coming together a little more by having Brit and Thunder and Ty, the, the fact that they now have this like kind of homegrown person. It's like, it's showing that their system can work and that she yeah. is improving. And so there you go. I, I thought this was really good. Ty Conti has a star quality. Nyla Rose was gassed towards the end and it was pretty embarrassing when she couldn't get Ty up and almost dropped her. That's the one part of this. She needs to work on conditioning if they're going to put her on live TV matches because it was clear for the last couple of minutes that she was sucking wind and it became a little bit of a liability on a couple of those moves and it took away from Ty's big moment. They'll be able to fix that on video packages, but for a, for a, a live match, that's that's unacceptable. Next up, uh, we had a quick backstage promo with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Uh, 
and uh, advertising Arcade Anarchy. Yeah, I was so happy for Mike when I saw this. I'm oh like, man, they're giving him what he wants. Are they going to be? <laughs> does it, has anyone? Is, this, is it like? Are they going to be throwing each other through console console systems? Like what's? I I don't know. I think I'm guessing it'll be some kind of cinematic thing. Um, you know, because like even bringing those machines into the arena and then, like, I, I feel like they'll do it in an arcade. I, I don't know, man, but this is going to be like hilarious. Like, I mean, next week is stack Cody QT, Christian Kazarian <laughs> and arcade mayhem. It's this is why I watch wrestling. <laughs> uh, we see, uh, we have another promo with Scorpio sky, our main event, John Silver versus Darby Allen. Um, and at the end of it, it was a whole schmoz with Matt Harvey coming out. I guess they're going to do Matt Hardy um, versus uh, versus Darby Allen, which I don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't know. That's it's not for me. But uh, yeah. What, what, what did you guys think of this match? I thought I, it was good. I, yeah, it was good. They, I mean, they, there, there were some moments in it that were really awesome. Uh, John Silver got injured, right? I think he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, he hurt his shoulder match. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, it looked good. It's it's one of those matches where you go, oh, I'd like to see them wrestle down the line again when it feels like it matters more. Uh, yeah. But other than that, it, it worked. I mean, obviously, dude, Matt Hardy ending a show is uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, especially because you know he's going to tr- try to tie in this like you remind me of my brother thing. Yeah, that was, you know, it's funny, Scott, like, because I, I was, I was having trouble writing about Matt. And then when I was watching Dynamite yesterday, and he came out at the end, I wrote most of my jokes about him in like 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because like seeing him just like, gets me angry. And like, he, I do think he's not that bad, guys. He's Here's the the thing, Dan. I do think that he has a place in the company. I do think that he's a talented guy. I don't want to see him even going for the TNT championship. I don't want to see him weighing down young guys. He is a guy that should be a cornerstone of dark and elevation. He should not be on dynamite. That's my thought. Let's get to NXT. We open up with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. My first note here is, like NXT is so good at building their women's division. Like, look, I, I don't know. I, my jury's still out, like not out about Zoe Stark, but like they, they're like, oh, we want her to be a top baby face. Let's, let's team her with our top baby face. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work, but it was kind of refreshing to see that versus, oh, we have a third spot. Let's just put Brandon Cutler in it rather than somebody like, hey, we're investing in this match. Um, Brandon Cutler makes sense storyline wise. Story okay, not, but you know what? I'm not that, but another Scott example. use his right name. D and D Marshall. Sorry, D and D Marshall. What did you guys think of this match? Anybody got any notes? Really no. good match, but highlighted why people prefer AEW. I think because the presentation in that open arena is a lot more exciting. This feels like you're watching inside of a Costco. And it was an it was a really good match. It was a really good show, but you lack some of that energy just based on the the way that this building is set up. Next up, we got uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, and a uh, like a set. This was cool. I thought this was like I thought this was the, the part where um, uh, Adam Cole went to uh, Kyle O'Reilly's uh, jujitsu studio 
And I was like, well, this is a cool way to like have two segments on the show because Raw always, it's like, let's cut a promo. Then we'll have a match and then I'll be in another match. It's like overkill, overkill, overkill. And this was at least uh, spicing it up. Uh, this was, of course, uh, completely halted by by uh, the se- segment backstage, which was a good segment between Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. Like a very, it's, it's a good segment, but man, Roderick Strong, just slow the fuck down, dude. Just... Slow down. He's like a little kid lost in a mall. It's crazy. He's emotional, dude. His his family is crumbling. Yes. Uh, da- uh, next up, let me uh, see where we are. Uh, bu- 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 Mike, did you see? Did you see Adam Cole attacking uh, Kyle O'Reilly at the? Um, the I did. Party? Yeah. Awesome. I'm- He's like, "Hey, Kyle!" And then he runs at him, and Kyle just like immediately <laughs> throws a. So, and then, like Kyle, like t- turns a, like a small box fan at him, and Adam starts like blowing towards the door. <laughs> what I liked was that they—I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit—but they did a contract signing without it being a contract signing in a way where they didn't advertise it as a contract signing. It felt, yeah, yeah. no, I yeah. thought that was an awesome last segment. And, Ron- and I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this about o- O'Reilly and Cole. I know I've been critical of them in the past, but. It's the most, you know, most blood feud thing they've got in that company right now. Like these guys feel like they hate each other and I want to see them fight to figure it out. And I can't say that about any match on Mania where it's pure animosity and history. Well, and uh, it's it's going to like when NXT gives you a match, you, you don't question if it's going to work out. You see the matches and you go, perfect, 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 perfect. You, yeah. you never go, oh, how are they going to screw this up? What funky thing is going to happen here? It's just you're going to see an awesome match. Like, I mean, dude, TakeOver, I don't know. Are they changing it? Are there going to be even more fans? Are they doing anything to give them, like, any sort of uh, positive, you know, backstage? I hope they, I hope they at least have, like, a thousand people there. Because it's, yeah. it's like, dude, back to back, two nights in a row, like, arguably the, the best cards all year. It's a great card that they built so strong over the course of this show, segment by segment, in a fairly natural way. Agree. It was really it, 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 the fact that it's the same company that's running WrestleMania, where they still don't know what ninety percent of WrestleMania is, just boggles my mind. I mean, this company got me excited for Bronson Reed, LA Knight, where with great promos and then a great match. So, well, I don't know about a great match. I mean, Bronson for- Reed is super impressive. Like his that splash. Was like yeah, was it's out awesome. of a it's out of a fucking video game. It's it's crazy. Um, Robert, you know WWE way better than us as far as like the internal mechanisms. Um, do do you think that they're burying LA Knight or is this like Vince's weird way of hey, we want to see if you do business on the way in sort of thing? I, I think they're they're giving him a little bit of the test because he he knew he was going out there to lose. You didn't see Boo Boo face. He cut a great promo in the back before where he was fired up. He gave Bronson Reed everything in that match and Bronson Reed beating him clean helps Bronson Reed and will further the story because now next week, LA Knight's going to somehow get his dastardly revenge and this will build to something. So it, it worked out well, rather than doing the, he gets a cheap roll up on Bronson Reed, one, two, three. It's, you know, you're more excited. Actually, like, I can't believe LA Knight lost. What's he going to do now? There's almost intrigue in what's going to happen if people actually cared. Um, next up, we have, um, sorry, I'm stalling a little bit. Carrying Cross with Scarlet versus Oni Lurkin. Uh, I thought this was great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this segment. I mean, Carrying Cross is a little limited in what he can do in the ring, but Oni Lurkin is 
like made him look like a million bucks. And the promo that Balor had at, at the end, I thought was just fantastic. I think that's one of my favorite promos of the year so far. Am I, am I alone on this? No, it, it was, it was very, very good. Yeah. Match was, match was great. Carrying cross. Yes. He needs to improve a little bit, but he looks like a star in the ring. Like you can't take your eyes off of him when he's in there. There's something about this guy that makes him watchable. Oni Lorcan did everything he could to make him look good. And then it's funny because I took the note about the AEW show before I watched NXT, but Finn came out, Oni Lorcan's laying out uh, on the uh, ramp and Finn just steps over him while he's talking, which was such a great little visual moment right there. And this idea of, you know, I'm going to, I can control my emotions. You can't, and that's your weakness. And I'm just telling it to you in advance is such a great mind game and it makes Finn Balor's character better than I paint my face and play with Legos. <laughs> uh, it, it reminded me, have you ever, Robert, have you ever seen the show with Jillian Anderson, the fall? Have you ever seen that show? Has anyone here seen it? My wife watched all of it. She loved it. Oh, it's amazing. But like the promo that Jillian Anderson cuts on the killer at the end of the first season was very similar to the one that Balor cut on Karen Cross. It was, it was pretty, pretty great. And said up, that to his wife and she said, I don't believe you. I'm not watching it. <laughs> uh, more, more building up the, uh, the NXT takeover card. It does. I, I don't know what I feel about the, do, do you like the art for it? Like the skeleton? Is it a little, little Mickey Mouse to you? But, I don't know. I don't know. Next I'm upset have- that I'm upset that my boy Cameron Grimes is in a 12 man battle royale. Like he should have a more prominent story. Cameron Grimes gave the may have had the most entertaining Roderick Strong segment ever, which is why they need to give him an even bigger raise. Because I always say it every week: this guy is an MVP. He made a Roderick Strong segment one of the best things on the show. So Cameron Grimes needs another million dollars sent to him as a raise. I just feel annoyed because I, I, you know, transparency, I did only start watching this show for the podcast because we talk about it every week. Then I, then I fell in love and now I don't see him and I feel hurt. Hey, people, anyone who's working at NXT here, um, you know, put Cameron Grimes on more. He's big. Cameron Grimes should have uh, box seats at WrestleMania. Yeah. And yeah, and, and invite some whether he invites some of the NXT guys, whatever he does, they need to cut to him at some point being rich at WrestleMania. No, because yeah. then Vince would have to. The problem is Vince would then be like, well, nobody watches NXT. We can't put that on WrestleMania. Oh, Our fans no. won't understand it. He's the exact opposite of Tony Khan, where Vince is like, I don't think our Raw and SmackDown casual viewer knows what NXT is. And it's going to be off putting for them to see this guy and think that there's some hillbilly in Florida that can afford a skybox. Yeah. Our, our fans, our fans who watch uh, Wednesdays on USA don't watch Peacock on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Next up Walter versus Drake Maverick. I thought this segment was exactly what it should have been. I I know that like where Brian Alvarez on the observer was saying that like, he wished that Drake got more offense in or something, but no. no, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said he wish, and, and I agree in, in a sense that he wishes he like swatted him more. He wishes he, mm-hmm. you know, well, the cool thing about Walter is like he kills guys, and in this he just did moves that like anybody sells. Yeah, but like, isn't it going to build up the Tommaso Champa thing more? Like when he starts. Oh yeah, it's it's, his- it's great. Oh, it's great yeah. as it is. I guess I guess his point was though is mm-hmm. he could have. 
he could have swatted this tiny man so hard and made a real moment, but instead he just did three wrestling moves to him and pinned him. I'm glad it was quick and impactful, though, because you know what? Most of this audience has never seen Walter before. Walter hasn't been on NXT in a, in a long time wrestling because he's been overseas. You know, you talk about, you know, a, a shrinking of an audience. The amount of people that watch NXT UK is a fraction of the people who watch NXT. I watched that one crazy Walter match that everybody did. But uh, with Dragunov. With Dra- yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Not like awesome. I, it's not like I've seen 30 Walter matches in the last year. This was he went out there. He killed this guy in a matter of seconds. And then they moved straight into a promo to get you excited for a match. This was great angle advancement. I love this. I, I'm a big Walter fan. I, I, but I don't watch NXT UK. I'm just like, I'll, I'll wait till he's here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's awesome. And my thing is, I liked it because if you're Drake Maverick, I mean, it's a kayfabe thing. But if like, that guy puts you in a submission hold, you fucking tap because, like, you know you're not going to rip win. your fucking leg off. Yeah, you know you're going to win, and and now you're not going to get beat up more. It's like he gave him an out, and and Drake took it, and I I thought it worked. It's like you need matches like this. Like there need to be thirty second squashes. There need to be two minute squashes. They don't all need to be back and forth. Like I, it doesn't help Walter at all if Drake starts giving a, a fiery comeback. NXT Women's Tag uh, Team Title Match: Ember Ember Moon and Chatsy Blackheart. Uh, versus Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez with Robert Stone. I thought Robert, St- I mean, like, I st- wish they used him more. I thought he was, I, I love him, man. I think he's like genuinely really funny. Um, the match was whatever, but uh, he was fun. Uh, next up, uh, if they want to have anything to add with that match, I, I don't know. That was more than enough. Yep, that was more than enough, right? All right, next up, we have um, the Jordan Devlin Kushida match. I didn't, you know, I wanted to like the match more. I, I love the post-match angle with Michaels sliding the ladder in. Um, but I thought I thought that they could have, you know, I I don't know, man. I, I could have done without the interference and just had a, you know. I, you know, it was it's hard because I, I don't really want to beat, I don't want them to beat Kushida, but you can't beat Devlin. Maybe they shouldn't have made the match. What did you guys think of this? I'm waiting for Mr. Magoo Michaels. Where he just starts like walking into things. <laughs> I mean, that was that was a cool moment. It, this, this is what it needed to be. I, I thought I thought it was fine. Yeah, right. it, ma- it made it feel like this takeover is their WrestleMania. That's why I loved it. It was cool. I'm far more intrigued at what's going on under Shawn Michaels' hat because it looks like his hair is starting to grow back, but it clearly <laughs> looks like uh, Larry from the Three Stooges, and I desperately want to see what's going on there because you know there's <laughs> nothing on top, and it's just Spozo on the sides. He's starting to look like Trash Can Man from The Stand. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like he has that like like Mad Maxi feral quality about him. Last, Lastly, and not of course not lastly, was the uh, Adam Cole... Kyle O'Reilly promo. Uh, Adam Cole cut, cut a phenomenal promo, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, although he didn't cut the phenomenal promo, the you know the contrast was great. Like he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a good guy," and you know we we complain in WWE and AEW about like you know a feud like there's no real good guy or bad guy, and they're just telling us, "Hey, this is good versus evil." So I I I, I dug it. What did you guys think of this? Yeah, I liked it a lot, and, and and I do like a wrestler saying, hey, I'm a good person, and when I was with you, I wasn't able to be a good person. It, it's just simple. 
also like this is like a weird thing, but like O'Reilly's, you know, not the strongest on the mic. So I want to believe he's a good person and that's why he's given Mike time. <laughs> you know? The thing is, I was waiting for him to say that Cole makes him work and he's not able to sleep with his wife and really heat up the feud. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got this week? AW NXT or Lethal Weapon 2? Uh, I am going to go with NXT on this one. They sold Whoa. me on TakeOver. I do have to leave uh, right now at 430. Right, um, but uh, we'll so see thanks. you. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. So thanks, guys. But yeah, I thought both shows were good. Um, but NXT uh, edged it out. Like I'm excited for what they're doing, and I think it's smart what they're doing, starting it on TV and then moving it to Peacock. So, all right, Mikey, thanks for doing the show. All we'll right, see man. You see you guys. Yep. Robert, who do you got? NXT or AEW this week? Uh, NXT. I, I thought both. I thought I, I I liked AEW this week. I didn't I didn't totally hate it or anything. I thought it was a fine show. I just think NXT all the matches delivered and they told a really compelling story for stand and deliver. So that's a success in my book. Scott. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, Omega and Seidel had the best match last night, but I think NXT was the better show. And Zach. NXT. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a Royal flush, baby. NXT from all of us. Number five creative has nothing for you. What hor- horrifying story do you got this week, Rob? Not a really horrifying story, just a little bit of an anecdote based on what we talked about this week. Um, When I was there once, we we got I got stuck in an airport with Michael Hayes. Uh, We we found out our flight that the two of us were booked on was going to be delayed for a couple of hours. So he immediately is like, we're going to the airport Chili's. So I'm stuck in an airport (laughs) Chili's. I'm stuck in an airport Chili's with Michael P.S. Hayes with his Halliburton briefcase and he's sitting there, he's giving me life lessons, which if you're going to take life lessons from Michael Hayes, something has gone horribly wrong uh, with you. And then I got to see Michael Hayes at his best because the waitress who was in her, I want to say late 40s, early 50s, right in the sweet spot for him, comes over, <laughs> sees him, and she's wearing his WWE polo. And she's looking at him. She's like, I thought you were a wrestler. And you can kind of hear like Bad Street playing in Michael Hayes's ear at the time. He's like, he's starting to get the little hand movement. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fuck this waitress. And it's kind of building up. And she's like, I, th- I think I know you. He's like, yep. And she's like, he's like and you're a wrestler. He's like, I am. She's like, I thought so. Are you Jeff Hardy? <laughs> and the look on his face of being completely crushed. And then he just looked right at me and says, you don't tell a fucking person about this. <laughs> So as soon as you said we were roasting Jeff Hardy, I'm like, that's my favorite Jeff Hardy story that doesn't involve Jeff Hardy was the waitress at the airport Chili's in Atlanta, Georgia, thinking that Michael Hayes was Jeff Hardy. Dude, it's so sad. All these guys, they think they think all these young people still remember. It's just it's just us, man. It's just us. That's it. (laughs) Next up, um, Number six. This was actually Mike's segment, but he had to leave. That's why he bailed uh, early. Yeah, triple threat. Which Mania main event do you wish had a third person added? Added. What? Okay, let me say this again. Which Mania main event do you think would benefit from having a third person added to it? This is obviously in response for uh, Roman and Daniel Bryan and Edge being the main event of night two of WrestleMania. Uh, even though they haven't announced it yet, it sure as hell think, it looks like that's where it's going. 
and you know, it's, it, it will make it better in my mind. Um, so I, I thought about this for a while and I, I had a, I had like a couple answers, but the one that I was like kind of excited about was, I don't know, macho man versus million dollar man versus Rick rude, like seeing him beat two heels at the same time. I thought that would be kind of fun. And I, I also just think all three of those guys are amazing workers. So seeing what like a WWE classics time match with like those dudes, I think would be, uh, would be, would be fantastic. Uh, wh- what did you think, Robert? So I misread the question. Uh, oh, okay. no it was, which mania main event do you think uh, would be better with a third person? I thought you were talking about for this year, okay. which match should, should have it. And uh, as much as I like that, they're doing the Brian triple threat. I would have liked to have seen AJ added to Lashley and drew. I really? think that I, I think that the problem that they're running into here is Lashley. They're trying to course correct, but Lashley is too cool to be the dastardly heel. He comes out and just beats everybody up. He looks great when he does it. There's no real reason to boo him. And I'm worried about Drew getting this mixed reaction. So I think putting AJ in there as the as the shitty third guy who can bump for both of them and be the clear heel improves that match dramatically versus Lashley trying to work full on heel versus just I'm a killer and Drew's a killer and it's going to be a great match. Scott. So I, I hate ruining the, the, the big moment. I hate triple threat matches, but isn't the actual correct answer. If you want an actual better match is the Steve Austin versus HBK match. You have to add somebody else to it. It uh, it didn't live up to any sort of hype. HBK was hurt. Why not stack the odds against Austin and just go? Oh, Triple H is going to be in it to help HBK, and then he, you know, it, it doesn't hurt it. It adds to it. I don't know. I just I've always hated that match. Uh, and I know if one other person was in there, I could at least enjoy it. Zach, did you uh, think about this one? Uh. No, but I'll say off the top of my head that uh, CM Punk should have been in the second Rock Cena match. I agree oh, with that. Oh, hell yeah, brother. I agree with that. All right. And, oh, and uh, shout out, you know, Luke Harper, I think, would have been added, added to the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton match. Would have been a lot better. Number seven, Scott's New Japan Corner. What do you got, Scott? Oh, 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 okay. Real quick on Impact, uh, Finn Juice cut a promo on the Good Brothers, and they, they cut the promo from Japan, from New Japan, you know, where they do those the backstage interviews and stuff. And it was actually it was a good promo. Juice is super talented. Uh, so then also on Impact, Kenny was cutting a promo with Callis. Callis starts naming, you know, all these – former world champions he's better than flair better than hogan better than mox and then omega is like keep going keep going and then omega goes better than abushi which is obviously abushi is the new japan champion so they're teasing a match between them uh and then really the only new japan news this week is that uh osprey won the new japan cup and then after he called out abushi he told him that he loves the title more than anything and anyone uh, and then he gave his finishing move to his girlfriend, Bea Priestley. And pretty, uh, people, pretty sweet. Yeah, people. Some people were pissed about it, saying, "You don't do that." He cut an awesome promo backstage after saying, "You know, if I do that to the person I love, what the fuck do you think I'm gonna do to you?" You know, uh, and he cursed because 
Japan doesn't know we cursed. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like New Japan. I go, ooh, we get away with curses. <laughs> it's like a substitute teacher's there. And, uh, you know. Um, so that's controversial. I mean, Dan, you you saw this. Do you think this is controversial? I wish Mike was here because no, my, I Mike's this issue is... wasn't even that it, it was done to a woman. Mike's issue was two days later, Bia uh, cut a promo at a stardom press conference saying, you know, mind your business. I'm a wrestler. This isn't a sex thing. This is a wrestler thing. And I was a wrestler in a ring and I took a move. And Lawrence was like, she should have sold the move. But it was two days later. And she's not an infant, so I don't see why she should have. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I I have no problem with the heels hitting a lady. That's what heels are supposed to do. I have a problem when baby faces do it. Um, But I, I, you know, I don't think you could do some of the stuff that they did back in the day with like Rock and Austin and Hunter, you know, like to get like a cheap pop to, you know, pedigree Stephanie or something. But uh, yeah, I'm fine with a heel doing it. And I thought that the, the, the Osprey's promo is phenomenal. I gotta so. be honest. I thought that was where they were going with uh, the carrying cross Finn promo, because when Finn's like, I know your weakness the week prior, Scarlet got knocked down and that was what set carrying cross off. So I thought cross was going to do the whole, Oh, you think she's, she, I, I care about her. And then he could have, you know, dropped her at that moment to be like, I don't care about anything other than the title. Yeah, but you can't get rid of her, man. No, you definitely can't, but <laughs> you, you can't. know, she'd probably still stay with him and then it would just be a total, that would bizarre. be really bad. It'd yeah, be really I, bad. But I, I thought that was, I kind of thought that's where they were going with it for a moment. So I didn't no, know she, New Japan did she that. She makes that guy. She fucking makes that oh, guy. 100%. Also, also in terms of Osprey and Bia doing it, I mean, they've had, remember they had that match uh, when, yeah. when, when it was like real lockdown and nobody knew what the hell was going on. And they did some free YouTube thing in the UK. Um, and, Osprey fought Bia, and it, it's an awesome match. And so when this happens, you go, yeah, they might also fight each other down the line somewhere. I'm and sure they will. Kind of makes it okay because try go, to kill oh. Jim, try to kill Jim Ross there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number eight, let's keep it in Japan for the disrespect dojo. Who's more disrespected this week? Kane by the Hall of Fame, Vince by Andrade, or the Grammys by Chris Jericho? Uh, I think the answer is Kane by the Hall of Fame, but um, I just want to talk about Jericho and the Grammys. And I think that that's kind of like snuck under the radar this week. But I guess Jericho got drunk and started tweeting at the Grammys and said, I it's can't kind of redundant to say Jericho got drunk. <laughs> I can't believe you wouldn't honor Van Halen. What the fuck? You wouldn't give him a video package or whatever. And uh, which is, you know, that's a totally uh, fine opinion to have. The problem with that opinion is that they showed a video package of Van Halen. So I guess he was just taking a piss in the next room and didn't see it. Um, but yeah, peak, peak Y2J, peak Y2J. Ruled, ruled hard. <laughs> I don't mind the Kane thing into the Hall of Fame, though. Um, I, I think he's, he's a guy who's going to be happy to go in. And he's a company man who'll do it in a year when there is no crowd. And it gives him the rub because he's running for reelection. And I feel like a part of him is going to be happy to be able to stand on stage, not wearing that mask and like electrocuting someone's balls and be able to have a, a coherent speech where he sounds eloquent and he sounds composed because that's going to play in Knox County, Tennessee, that oh our mayor's God. a WWE Hall of Famer. We got to reelect him. Maybe for show in hell one week. Oh, and by the way, show in hell next week in, in honor of getting ready, ready for Hogan, we're going to be doing um, 
and this was inspired by you, Robert, but we're going to be doing Hogan knocking out Richard Belzer. So oh, thank guys, God. guys, check that out uh, next week. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you're right. I guess none of these are really that bad. I mean, Andrade wasn't really disrespectful. I mean, the only one really here who was actually disrespectful was Jericho, but it didn't matter because it's like if a drunk fails a sobriety test in the woods, did the sobriety test happen? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this was too sensational of a headline. Number nine. Who will be wrestling's next big thing? Parker Bordeaux, and I'm sorry if I'm uh, butchering that, or AJ Ferrari. I watched a lot of videos of these guys. I think they're both going to be big stars, but AJ Ferrari, I think, is going to be a once-in-a-generation talent. You heard that here, folks. The guy's got the look. The guy's got the amateur wrestling pedigree, and the guy can already cut a promo. Can he cut a wrestling promo? No, but that's fine for me. Let him let him wait a little bit. Let him marinate a little bit. Let him do UFC or get whatever the fuck he needs to get out of his system. I'm calling it here right now. AJ Ferrari is the future of professional wrestling. Scott? I, I, I agree a million percent. I, I think you made this uh, topic just so we could say that. Because it's absolutely happening, and then we could say uh, we said it first. He fucking rules, man. Yeah. Uh, his, I heard his, his dad is terrifying, by the way, too. We wanted to add that. Pictures of his dad, it's just like he looks like. like yeah, it's like, knows- it's, it's like if Stu Hart cared about promo work. <laughs> or like it, it just looks like he's, he's like operating a militia compound. His dad is terrifying. Look, Robert? I heard about Parker Bordeaux for a a number of years that it was baby Brock out of UCF in Orlando. And this was like, this guy looks just like Brock Lesnar. Problem is he talks like Brock Lesnar and that's strike one. Strike two is he looks imposing, but he's got one of these physiques that he, he, he looks like a monster, but he's kind of doughy. And there's nothing behind that. Like Brock can look a little doughy, but you know, he could murder 30 people without breaking a sweat. Parker Bordeaux is always just going to be the poor man's Brock Lesnar. AJ Ferrari, his his amateur wrestling skills are incredible. I disagree, Dan. His promos are pro wrestling promos. There's one where he's bleeding out of his mouth and he's talking to the uh, uh, microphone stand about bring me the next guy like we're winning it all. It was passion and it was great. Yeah. And I think this guy, if if it's a shame that they don't have Briscoe. I feel like this is the whole reason you had Gerald Briscoe on your payroll for the last 30 years. You think he could be a Brock level star, this guy? Who, AJ? Mm-hmm. I think he's got enough charisma to be a Cena kind of guy more than a Brock wow. kind of guy. I think he's got that that transition to him where you can put him on The Tonight Show and he's going to come across as a star. And the fact that he has an amateur wrestling background and athleticism and showmanship already at 19, he's going to be a huge star if he's smart and avoids going to UFC. Because going to UFC is just going to be a, a, a tremendous waste for him because at UFC, once you lose – the bloom is off the rose, but he is a guy that WWE could build around and he could make yeah, a ton but I of don't, money. I don't know, man. Maybe he would. I mean, he's an NCAA champion. He could do really well in UFC. Well, he's, he's definitely a, a, a Conor McGregor talent. I, I really do believe that in the mm-hmm. sense that you just go, whoa, holy shit. What, what is this? But Robert's absolutely right. Once he loses, it doesn't matter. Uh, with wrestling, you could just protect him. And he would be literally better than maybe. Just, I think maybe you guys are like selling him. Sure, he just won the NCAA. You know, that's. No, that's and that's organic. awesome. I'm just saying if he lost, it's over. And I don't want to yeah. risk that personally. If he goes into as UFC his, as and, his and father. loses, yeah. 
That's his father. Number 10, mark out moment of the week. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Eric, the new Eric Young stable over at Impact because it's, I know this is crazy. This It's what the Seth thing should be. I just watched it today and, and I'll send you the promo, Robert, but yeah. like the way that Eric Young is putting this cult together, it's different. It's a little Southern Gothic, uh, but it's also prison-y. It, it's really cool. And it's kind of like, what the Seth thing I think should have been aiming for. And also uh, they got a new Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30 bobblehead. Should I become a bobblehead guy? I'm kind of into this bobblehead or is that the beginning of something that I can't go back from? Do a bobblehead for a guy who suffered tons of concussions. (laughs) I just realized that. Oh my God. You're right. Scotty. Uh, what, 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 oh, mark out moment of the week. Okay, ready. So when Will Ospreay backstage, when he cut the promo and, you know, Ibushi is like the God of wrestling. That's what they call him. And he said, uh, he said, you, you know, whatever, like if, if you're, you know, if you're God or you're no God, but I'm an atheist and I don't believe in you, whatever the fuck he was saying was so badass and really awesome. And he was shouting, which is something I think guys who, if you can't cut a promo, start fucking shouting. I don't know why nobody shouts in wrestling. Uh, it, it works always. <laughs> and then also uh, Omega bringing up that he came to, you know, he didn't come to AEW for AEW and he came for the Bucks was just something that tied up a few years of, uh, of following this storyline. So I marked out for that too. Robert? On NXT this week, William Regal backstage in his office on his desk has a red velvet pillow with brass knuckles on it. And it was one of the greatest stupid little things that they put on a set that I've ever seen. They used to do the thing with Teddy Long where they'd have the Martin Luther King Jr. poster in the background every single time. This was such a nice little touch. I saw that and I'm like, somebody on production thought of this. This is brilliant. That made me really happy. That was my markout moment of the week. That was awesome. Also, I marked out hard for this. Gargano, before he enters the room, acting like he's going to kick the door open and then gently opening it was so funny to me. So good. Zach, do you got one for the week? Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, man, a regular stand-up comedian with a callback over here. Um, what's uh, guys? Um, I will be doing stand-up again uh, at the end of May. I'm going to be in either Iowa or Idaho. It's on my website, so check it out. Uh, I've also like revamped a little of the website there. Um, and I'll be doing hopefully shows in New York again soon. Uh, everybody who's been listening to the podcast, thanks so much. We've been having a blast doing it. Uh, I really appreciate all the positive reviews. If you could leave more on iTunes and five star next week, we're going to be roasting Ronda Rousey. And then the week after that is WrestleMania. That's our big Hulk Hogan WrestleMania week. We're really pumped about it. Uh, it, That week too, if you're a Patreon, you get our new Jack roast. So that that's a big week incentive to become Patreon this week. We're going to be talking about SmackDown, which should also kind of be like a breath of fresh air. Um, and that's it for uh, me. Follow me on Dan St. Germain on Instagram. Follow uh, Total F and Marks. Uh, I mean, I'll do, do that. that was the old podcast. Wrestle Roasts. Uh, oh, get the F out. Sorry. Um, Wrestle Roasts on Twitter. And we got a Wrestle Roast Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, come over to the Patreon, man. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. Scott? Yeah, sign up for the Patreon. Also, uh, this Saturday in Manhattan, I have two rooftop shows. Just go on NewYorkComedyClub.com and uh, you will see them. 
Uh, and follow me, Scott underscore Chaplin, on uh, Instagram. And listen to Garbage Days with Brendan Sagalow. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm Robert. Here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Oh, and also, guys, I'm tweeting for Monday Night Raw every week now. So, like, I'm put. that's how much I love this show. I'm tweeting throughout three hours. I'm doing what Robert is doing, but Robert has, like, fucking a quarter of a million Twitter followers, and I, and our, our Twitter feed has, like, five. So, come on, guys. Keep following us. But we like all five of you. Thank <laughs> you so it. much. Yeah, thank They're you. are all Russian you. bots, but we love They're you. They're all Russian bots. Uh, Zach, what do you got? Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.